I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. And the last five years there, I was deep in my spiritual awakening. I had had an out-of-body experience. I had worked with ayahuasca, magic mushrooms, meditation, breath work. And, and so all that was, was clashing together. And so, you know, my, my advice to people again is like, make the space for yourself. Take it slowly, honor uh, your whole self. And, you know, take a tally of, of what your whole self is and, and needs. That everyone is Sebastian Fouillard. He's a host, journey coach, facilitator, writer, musician, and speaker with a focus on creating authentic journeys and helping others do the same. He's compiling a trip to the sacred Valley of Peru with a group of very gifted, gifted healers in the ayahuasca community in Peru. And in addition to his work as a facilitator for these healing retreats, he is, I think, a really great example of someone who realized that what they were doing for their work was no longer filling their cup. And I think a lot of, speak for a lot of people, when you get to that point where you're like, man, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Is this what I want my job to be? Am I making space for other things in my life, like love, nutrition, fitness, spiritual development? And Sebastian decided to change his whole life changes the way that he approached his work, develop habits every day that would help him deepen his human experience. And I think all of us are really yearning for that same sort of depth. You know, we have access to all these media and information, entertainment, but, but we may be missing something a little bit deeper and a little bit more meaningful. In this podcast, we talk about how to do good work, avoid burnout, and also at the same time, develop your spiritual self. We talk about psychedelics for creativity and for leadership rather than for trauma. You know, if you've listened to other episodes I've done on psychedelics, a lot of times it's about anxiety, depression, and trauma. And what Sebastian is doing with some people in Peru is to take a look at the work of ayahuasca to enhance creativity, to enhance our leadership abilities and our ability to, to create a better world. He's also the host of a podcast called Leadership Adelics, which uh, you can kind of figure out what that episode's about. We also talk about Chasing the Dragon. We talk about psychedelics in the tech world, this emergence of uh, professionalism, uh, psychedelics, spiritual growth, and living uh, the best life that you can possibly live. Uh, I hope you're going to get a lot out of this episode. This very well could be you right now. You could be in the same spot that Sebastian was six months ago before he transitioned out of his job at Microsoft. This is you. This is this is your cousin. This is your neighbor, someone who is looking to go a little bit deeper with their life. So I hope that you get a lot of great information from this. For some reason, during this recording, my microphone was a little funny. Uh, his his sound quality is great, and so you hear most of him this, this episode. But uh, he's also offering uh, a 25% off discount to you, the listener, to participate in the Sacred Medicine and Creativity Retreat in October of this year. So you can go to his website, which is fooyad.com. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Sebastian Fouillade. Welcome, everyone, to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance. 
so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And I'm here with Sebastian Fouillard, who is the host of Leadership Adelics, and he is a journey coach. Sebastian, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you, Sean. Happy to be here. I want to start by asking around the balance between having a spiritual life, developing your spiritual self, and working a nine-to-five job. Because I think there's a, I think there's a lot of people who are interested in, in exploring their spirituality, you know, potentially, you know, using psychedelics, but they also have a nine to five or they, you know, they, they work a lot. So if you could sort of unpack for me, how you think of developing your spirituality, but also um, getting good work done, how do they connect? Yeah. I mean, the, the first advice I would give people is take it slowly. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm thinking about wherever people are in their, their own journey, you know, if they just had a, a spiritual awakening and they're working in that nine to five job, uh, the, the first reaction might be a, a knee jerk reaction of like, oh my God, I need to drop everything and, and, and go all hippie. Uh, and it's not easy for everyone, right? Like for me is I have three kids, I have a lot of responsibilities uh, so when, when that happened in my case, uh, it was like, okay, how do I develop a plan? How do I approach it slowly? How do I honor that side of me? Um, and it's in phases. I mean, some of it are little nudges you add to your daily rituals in the morning. You might do a little reflection, a little meditation. Um, and I think you have, you have to also be letting it unfold. Uh, sometimes there's this pressure, I think, in our society to, to have control over this situation. Feel like, well, I, I'm going to answer the call. I'm going to do something about it. And sometimes you go too fast. You, you, by forcing the unfolding of that calling, you're actually breaking uh, that journey. You're, you're, you're breaking the unfolding. So, you know, my, my advice would be take it slowly. <laughs> Honor uh, your whole self. And, you know, take a tally of, of what your whole self is and, and needs. That's well said. That's well said. You know, you've written, you've written about spiritual awakenings and your, your work with ayahuasca. And in addition to that sort of spiritual growth, that process, that journey that, that unfolded for you, you're, you're sort of uniquely experienced to be able to uh, talk about what it's like to work a nine to five, be in, be a, an effective professional person, but also allow uh, your brain and your consciousness to grow too. And I think a lot of people are sort of stuck now. And with the emergence of, of more psychedelics, like if you could tell us a little bit more, a few more like how to's. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on right now. There's a lot of people getting burned out as well. That's, that's a big theme right now. And then companies are awakening to that. I'm wondering how that happened, which is a little hypocritical in my opinion, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of, of people getting burned out. Um, and so, you know, that, that yeah, you've got a lot of dynamics at play. So the, the burnouts, you, you got to address that. You got to be aware when it's happening, when, when you're not getting that space that you need. And, and you, you know, one of the, one of the tricks I, so I was working at Microsoft for, I mean, I worked at Microsoft for a total of 10 years and the last five years there, I was deep in my 
spiritual awakening. I had had an out-of-body experience. I had worked with ayahuasca, magic mushrooms, meditation, breath work. And, and so all that was, was clashing together. And so, you know, my, my advice to people again is like, make the space for yourself. Like if at first you feel burn, burnout, it's acknowledge that. Acknowledge it, you know, talk with people around you about it. And, and you'll find out that a lot of time when you open up at work, which is the thing that, that helped me behind doors with conversation with peers is, is you're not alone. Uh, and I think that's, that's a, a problem a lot of people have is when you get into that burned out space, that darker part of yourself, you feel alone. You feel inadequate because you've been pigeonholed into that role, that role that, you know, you, you have to grow into, you have to get to that next promo. And, and it's, it's shrunk who you are as a human being. It shrunk that spectrum of who you could be. So the first thing is to, you know, recognize that and then connect with other people around you in, you know, peers. Uh, this is one of the things that surprised me when I was at Microsoft, I would start opening up, um, about my spiritual experiences in, in meetings. I would drop little hints here and there and the dots would start connecting. Like people would start reaching out to me, talking to me and say, yeah, man, like I'm completely burned out. Or, you know, another thing that happens nowadays is people are not necessarily aligned with their, their own principles and the principle of the company they're working for. And that's a really hard one to deal with because you get a lot of safety from that work, that, that nine to five job that you're getting. And that safety is really important. But at the same time, if you want to climb up that, that pyramid to get beyond the safety and to start, you know, really developing your own self, you start questioning some of those things. And, and so, you know, like for me, it's always been about um, open conversations with my peers, even with my managers and not being afraid of being who you are. You know, if, if you stop, being your authentic self, which a lot of people have as part of getting into that corporate job, it starts, it starts eating at you little by little by little by little by little. Eventually, you're like so far from your authentic self that you can't, you, you can't deal with that anymore. You don't even know where you're at. Um, and so it's important to kind of slowly reclaim that by, by talking about your concerns. And it might be not even starting at work, but talking with your, your significant other uh, and, and starting to open those conversations. So, you know, for me, that's the biggest thing that, that helped me in my journey, uh, has helped my peers and, and coworkers when I, I talked with them about it. It's really helped them to know I'm, I'm not the only one here going through that. There's a lot of us and, and there's tons of studies right now uh, coming out about the, the burnout and the misalignments of principles and, and COVID encouraged a lot of that inner soul searching um, through people, um, especially in the US. Uh, so it's, it's nice to see that, you know, one, one good thing came out. Yeah, I mean, the, the great resignation as people, yeah. masses and masses of people just decided like, this is not what I want, or I am burnt out, or, you know, I think their, maybe their priorities shifted a little bit over the course of the last couple of years. And maybe it was like sort of a wake up moment for people to really think about what they, how they wanted to spend their time and how they wanted to do the, their work in the world. Um, do you think that, do you think that that's because of burnout? Do you think people just got, just COVID shook it up just enough for people to realize that they were 
well over the top i feel like companies were getting away with a lot on how mm. they were pushing productivity um optimizing for productivity all the time and i mean it, it got worse in some ways with covid because the lines between your your personal life and your work life got got even more blurred because you were you know a lot of people were working from home at least in the tech industry where i was at uh which made it more possible to get those calls from india those calls from china and you know it, it, again it start moving that goalpost. Uh, little by little by little by little, and and you know you ask yourself why did I get in in this industry in the first place, and and what am I doing now? Um, and even before COVID, it was like that. I mean, before COVID, um, things like splitting the teams across geos in order to save some money, um, uh, lots of business travel without really understanding the impact it does on the human body and the families. Uh, that was kind of the norm, um, and and it was taken for granted that this is what I had to do to fit in. Um, I think people, you know, like I'm all for the great resignation right now because there needs to be a little reflection on the part of the companies of like how do we create that environment where people can be authentically creative, and I think that's a real challenge, especially for tech companies because. If you burn out people, you're killing their creativity, their authentic creativity, which is what you need for innovation, which is what is needed to move us forward as as the human race. Uh, I mean, we we could stay around the fire and not innovate further than that, but innovation has been a big part, uh, and it doesn't come from you know forcing people to to do certain things, burning them out. That's that's not what I've seen. This episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. This stuff is a game changer. You see, you might be dialed in with sleep and nutrition and stress management and exercise, but all of that hard work might be undermined by underperforming hormone levels. And there is a non-synthetic way to boost your natural growth hormone. This is an incredible product that I absolutely love. And you can go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. If you're a male, especially over the age of 35, there's a really good chance that you're not creating enough growth hormone to support all of those other good lifestyle behaviors. And what BioPro Plus is, is a non-synthetic formula that you take in a sublingual little vial underneath the tongue once in the morning. And if you get the Cortisleep product, you take it at night. And what it does is, well, for me, it's supercharged my attitude. It's helped my mood. It's helped me put on lots of lean muscle mass. It's helped my libido. And it's also improved my ability to focus and have energy throughout the day so I can do all the fun things that I love to do. BioPro Plus is a unique product that includes deer antler velvet and amino acids and growth factors. You got to check it out. Again, go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. This product is a game changer. Believe me. Yeah, I, I want to talk a little bit later about um, the psychedelics and creativity, you know, with a podcast name like Leadership Adelics. <laughs> you kind of get it right away that, that, that there's a connection somewhere between leadership and psychedelics. Oh, yeah. And back to the point around, you know, these tech companies are have been able to push people, and, and I've read articles about how 
you know, you think it, it's, it's more convenient because you're home, but you're just on all the time. You're on Slack all day. You're responding to stuff at night, super late, you know, and it's in it. I think it does put a lot of pressure on folks. And so then they look for tools. Like, how can I, how can I shake things up? How can I shift my perspective? Do I want to work at this job? And then obviously with, with the emergence of psychedelics and then becoming more and more mainstream, it, it seems like it's a really useful tool for nice. navigating whether or not you want to do this anymore. Do you want to keep living your life in this way that with this job? So maybe, maybe explore a little bit with me, like what is the connection between, you know, psychedelic use and um, finding where you want to go with your life? Yeah. Uh, psychedelics help break patterns they help you take a step back and and look at uh, your life with a new perspective uh, which is which is really important when you're stuck in that pattern when you're stuck in that rat race when you're stuck in something that you've been living at least for me I lived it for 27 years uh, so so being able to use psychedelics allow you to say well what if what if I didn't do this this way what if I wasn't attached? to to my job that much like and and what are those other things i forgot about myself uh so through those psychedelic experience you can reconnect with maybe that that dream you had as as a child and why you got in the industry in the first place i mean in my case it was it was to create it was to build computers. It was to build experiences and, and graphics and take people places through those experiences. Um, and so reconnecting with that and the importance of that is, is really important because it's, it, it re-empowers you. It's almost like rebooting the system of like, oh my God, like, wow, this, this is who I used to be. This is who I used to want to become. And this, this is where I'm at today. It's, and, and today is not all bad, but maybe I can change this a little bit. Maybe I can go explore this. Maybe I, I can go explore that. So psychedelics are, are good for that type of exercise. They're also good to help people with depression. Uh, you know, like when, when you're burned out and you start getting depressed and you start going that dark hole where you can't reach out and, and you can't get the help you need. Sometimes like psychedelics are, are helpful at breaking that, that pattern to help people getting out of that, that depression as well. So they can get the, the help they need or start opening up to people like I was mentioning earlier and having those conversations. Because you can only have those conversations if, if you're in the right mental state to be social and want to have a conversation with someone but if you're depressed burned out all you want to do is is probably go to your bed or or stare at netflix uh, all evening and that's not going to solve the problem uh, i mean there's a few shows on netflix that might help you you know like uh, inspire you but like most of the stuff no um so yeah do you do you think that people are you know based in the consulting work that you do and, and working at a company like Microsoft for, for the time that you have, do you think that there are more increasing numbers of people coming out of the psychedelic closet that are more open or, or willing to talk about that, that sort of part of their life? Um, yeah. I mean, there's more people reaching out to me um, over LinkedIn telling me about very similar journeys as, as my own journeys. And, and they're reaching out to me because that I've inspired them to come out. And they're like, 
oh, wow, I went through the same thing. I've been doing this for so many years. I've had this experience and, you know, I've got guests who come on the podcast and, and share their experiences and how that's shaped, how they've changed the course of their lives. So there, there's more, uh, but it's a little bit mixed in with a lot of noise too, because there's also the, the trendiness of it all, the trendiness of psychedelics now. And, and I think there's people who, who come out for, I don't know, the, the right reasons might not be the right word, but they come out really as a need from an evolution of where they are on their journey. And there's probably other, other people that might be coming out of the psychedelic closet just, just because it's trendy and it's like, oh yeah, I did this and did that. But you know, they still haven't gone through all the hardship and all the shit. And uh, so like, there's a lot, there's a lot of dynamics and, and noise right now with, with psychedelics, but I, I do see a lot of people in corporate coming out and reaching out to me uh, and sharing their, their journeys and how transformative it's been. Well, I, I, I hope so. I, you know, I've, I've been out of, I've been out of the, the corporate world for quite some time and it's, it's tough for me, you know, to really conceive of if, if tides are shifting a little, a little bit, you know, obviously there's, there's way more legitimate psychedelic companies, which is obviously a step in the right direction, but for a company, you know, an employee at Amazon to be open about their use of psychedelics or their, you know, trips to Peru um, to do plant medicine work, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I hope so. I think it's going to take an elevated conversation, more transparent conversation about these tools that we have access to in order to go, obviously, because I, I, I've, I've done obviously a lot of episodes on it. So, you know, where I stand, we're on the same boat, but I hope you're right. I hope that it's, it's trending in that direction. It's, you know, it's hard to say because um, when I was at Microsoft, I was openly talking about my trips to Peru. I was openly talking about all, all the work I was doing with psychedelics that, legal work I was doing down in, in Peru and, and helping with ceremonies and, and, and all the, the growth that happened as a result. And you could see there's, there was different types of people. Like some people were acknowledging it without necessarily trying to judge it because it was the politically correct thing to do. Um, and because we want to be inclusive and diverse, uh, but some people, it, it really opened their mind because they never considered that or they never experienced any mind-altering substances. And so hearing somebody like me who was had done some pretty good work in the space of, of high-tech, it, it changed their perspective. Uh, and then there was some people who were still stuck in the, the war on drugs and, you know, like there was no traction there. Uh, but it's going to take time. In my mind, it might take like a generation, you know, like 20 years to really uh, make more mistakes. Because <laughs> I don't think we're done with our mistakes. So make more mistakes, learn from them again, and, and really have a fresh perspective on, on how we harmonize with psychedelics in, in our lives and plant medicine and fungi medicine and so on. Yeah, there's enough stories about entrepreneurs, leaders in in tech or, or just leaders across the world who have had formative experiences on psychedelics. I think most people know that, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, points yeah, yeah. to it as one of the more formative um, experiences in his life. Michael Pollan's book was a huge way to sort of push the conversation to the fore. And uh, I obviously see the connection and the creativity part of it, the, the just 
the sheer simple idea that we're all we should all be working toward bettering ourselves in all the ways that we possibly can, you know, pay the bills, do good work, you know, be a good person and, and to continue to strive. Um, tell me a little bit about leadership at what, What's, what's the point of the podcast, Sebastian? Well, you mentioned uh, Steve Jobs. And uh, one of the things Steve Jobs said was if Bill Gates had done more LSD or gone to an ashram, he'd be a, a broader person. And that's a nice way for, for him to put it. But, you know, if, if having worked at Microsoft for 10 years, uh, if Bill Gates had done uh, more acid or more magic mushrooms, Microsoft would have been a, a completely different company. And the way they create products, think about the, the, the heart and, and the products versus just the engineering aspect of building the product that would have completely transformed the way they approach things. So, that got me thinking that, you know, a lot of people who are against drugs and, and psychedelics and say bad, 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 they're all using iPhones, or a lot of them are using iPhones and are benefiting from the fact that Steve Jobs had this big mind-opening experience and that really shaped all our culture, that shaped our communication, that changed our lives. And he's not the only one. I mean, there's, there's tons of stories about other famous people that have experienced psychedelics. Um, I actually wouldn't be surprised if Walt Disney had done some LSD as well. Uh, I was trying to get information on that and it, it, there's conflicting stories, but like mm. it really had a powerful impact on our society. And so leadership adelics is all about bringing those stories forward. The stories of people who've had those deep spiritual experiences, whether it's with psychedelics, breath work, yoga, near-death experience, and it's changed the, the way they shape their own personal future, their community's future, or their company's future. And, and I really want to get the stories out there to inspire people. And, and not to inspire them to do psychedelics, but inspire them that, hey, this is how I could lead my life differently. This is how I could manifest a better future. Now, if I want to do psychedelics to get there, well, you know, I, and I feel a calling, well, great. But you actually get to learn from uh, from the guests' experiences, um, and it's been great. Uh, you know, I started last last year, and uh, I'm really enjoying it. What are some of the themes that have come out of these conversations? You know, founders, mm. entrepreneurs, healers. Yeah. What, what What are some common common stories that you hear or, or concepts? Well, it's it's funny because at the start, I wanted to get away from the mental health conversation. Uh, because right now with psychedelics, everybody's talking mental health. And mental health is really important. Like, don't get me wrong. But it's a very um, cluttered, uh, not cluttered, but it's a very busy space right now. And so I wanted to get away from that in leadership psychedelics and talk more about forward-looking vision manifestation. And then what I realized is in every conversation we had, it always went back to mental health as that important foundation that every leader needs to have figured out, you know, that, that self-awareness on where they are on their own journey so they can lead better. So that, that was like one of the, the big themes that um, came in early uh, through starting to uh, interview guests. And I was like, you know, you, you can't get away from mental health. Mm -hmm. It's important. It's the foundation of everything. If we want to grow beyond that we have to to really address uh, address that. So that was the 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 first big theme. Um, 
you know, the other theme is we all have hardships. Uh, we all have hardships mm. that they make us who we are. And, and I think, you know, a, a few years back, I had a, a young person in his early 30s, and he, he was talking with me, and he was like, oh, I want to be where you're at. I want to have everything figured out like you have. And I was like, well, I went through a lot of shit. I'm still going through a lot of shit, a lot of hardship. And this, these have made me who I am. And I still haven't figured out everything. And so, you know, it kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning is like, take your time, like it's going to unfold and it's going to unfold with ups and downs. And this is part of, of being human. So, uh, you know, that theme, uh, some of the guests, um, the hardships they share on the show have made them that much stronger and have helped them raise themselves to where they're at today. Um, and so you can't you can't avoid the hardships, uh, and that's that's another theme that's that's come up um, quite a bit. Um, the other one is uh, authenticity. A lot of the guests that that keeps coming up, it's they're they're very well aware of who they are and who they want to be, and that's how they show up every day. Uh, I think most most of the guests. I, mean, I didn't I didn't analyze all the guests, but you know, scanning through most of them is they're they're very authentic people, which they they live their their full selves. Um, and you know, I've I've had guests from many many different backgrounds. Um, people can can check out the lineup. Uh, I don't want to call out anybody specifically, um, but. Yeah, it's that authenticity just keeps coming back as an essential part of who we are. When you're talking about leaders, founders of companies, has anyone shared any psychedelic experiences that were just like really, really hard, like not fun, real dark, and and uh, that was yeah. helpful for them? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you, you've got, I do believe there are such things as bad trips. I do believe that you can learn from bad trips and you can spin it and say, well, it wasn't so bad because I learned from it. But, you know, you, you've you've had people that um, I had one guest, I didn't put his interview out yet, but he had a, a really bad ketamine experience, ketamine therapy experience that was really challenging. But it wasn't because of necessarily the things he was dealing with but because it was being mishandled by the the ketamine clinic he went to there was very little coaching and uh help on even how to structure his his playlist and uh how to work with with the medicine and so that one was pretty hard you know i've had other guests that they they can't meditate for example for them if they try to meditate it actually makes things worse for themselves so you know they have to find they have to find the right medicine for themselves. And, and that's the other thing that's really important is um, what works for Mike Tyson doesn't necessarily work for you. <laughs> and, and what works for you won't necessarily work for Mike Tyson. Uh, and so, you know, I've, I've had guests, you know, in general, there's a lot of experiences where the medicine kind of kicks your butt. And, and this is another recurring theme and they make you face um, where you're at in life. Um, 
what you're holding on to and and kind of force you to surrender um so they can move forward uh this is something that i've experienced this is something that's very frequent in when working with the medicine where you have to realize hey maybe the things i'm clinging on to are holding me back mm -hmm. um how do i start releasing those things and, and the medicine helps with that because it makes it easier to identify those things and maybe create a, a visual tool as you're experiencing them to uncling to release um, so that that's another theme that came up can you tell everybody why you mentioned uh mike tyson connect the dots there because i think <laughs> yeah not everybody knows his yeah his so, story yeah so mike tyson uh talks very openly uh, about his experience with 5-MeO-DMT. Uh, I don't know, last time I heard, I, I, I he did over 60. I mean, he's probably done a lot. Uh, he's got a, I believe he's got a podcast where he talks openly about those experiences. Uh, and it's really turned him into, turned him into, maybe it helped him reconnect with a more peaceful uh, side of himself. Um, and I think for a lot of, it's interesting, I have another friend who's a fighter as well, and 5-MeO-DMT also really helped him. Um, and so there's, there might be some patterns there. Um, one of the, my guests said, you know, the deeper the wounds, the stronger the medicine needs to be. Um, her name is Susan Gunner. She has another awesome podcast. And um, uh, I can see that with Mike Tyson. I mean, the, the toad, the 5-MeO-DMT, is an extremely strong psychedelics. I mean, I've done it just about five or six times, uh, but every time it was with a lot of respect and reverence, like you're, you're meeting some badass fighter and you need to be ready for, you know, anything. Um, so, so Mike Tyson has been talking a lot about that, but you know, what happens as a result is, um, a lot of people, fans of, of Mike Tyson, might say, well, I, I want to go do the toad. I, you know, like, that's the thing for me. And so usually I'm like, just, just hold on, do your research, you know, check, check your life. Also, check everything else in your life. I mean, you and I, you know, we've talked about that quite a few is do, do a tally of your sleep, you know, your, your morning ritual, your evening ritual, uh, what you put in your body, you know, how you breathe. Uh, you know, it's like before you even get to something like the toad, uh, you, you, you know, that's like the top of the mountain. Like there's, there's a lot of other things you can do, <laughs> uh, to start climbing that mountain. You, you don't necessarily need to go there. Um, I mean, I didn't go straight to psychedelics either. I was doing some badass yoga. Um, I, I can go into the details, but like that, that yoga just brought me to my knees. Uh, it's not the stuff that you go do and um you know the the yeah the, tell, tell, tell us about your your yoga experience and and how and, and maybe connect that with with yeah. you know personal development and you know being a better being a better person being a better leader yeah so about 11 years ago i was doing a startup to help families reconnect with nature and i was like well you know if i'm going to do a startup I need to do some yoga and uh, because, you know, startups are intense and I need to balance that out with yoga. So I, I started um, uh, taking some yoga classes by a teacher. His name is Gary Olson. He was taught by Marichi, uh, really, really good teacher. 
Um, and he was uh, teaching teacher training classes. So I took teacher training certification with him because I was like, why not? I might as well just deepen my practice. Um, and what it took us through was a combination of, you know, normal yoga classes, learning how to run those, but also some very intense classes that are really intense breath work combined with um, what I would call like primal scream therapy. Oh, really? uh, yeah, all that combined together. Um, and I don't want to go into too much details because like, I don't know how much I'm allowed to share those rituals. Uh, but uh, they, they mentioned some of it in the autobiography of a yogi. And they, they talk about something called Kriya Yoga. And so we did a lot of Kriya Yoga. And this is a type of yoga. It, it runs for, for two hours. And it completely breaks you down uh, and makes you face a lot of things about, about yourself, your relationships. And, and that's all without psychedelics. It's extremely powerful. Uh, and so I, I didn't touch psychedelics for another five years. But when I did that first Kriya class, I left my body. I, toward the end, I through just breath work and all that stuff we were doing, I was in two places at once for about 10 seconds uh and i saw like some symbol on the wall in fact it's it's the it's the logo i ended up using for my personal website now um and i saw that symbol on the wall and i was like oh my god all that spiritual bs which i don't call it like that anymore but all that spiritual bs is true and uh you know and then that's how we met because then i was like well i'm gonna do float tanks and uh, I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I'm gonna search and see what else is is down the that rabbit hole. So, um, what was the question? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I I wanted to hear about the yoga, and and I think that for people listening right now, what what you're beginning to understand is that there is a process and a journey and unfolding. Yeah. And, and we we can either do this, we can either choose to do this in our lives or not. You know, it's all voluntary. You know, as as you decide how you want to live your life. Um, there are tools, there are practices, there are options for you to grow in lots of different directions. And obviously you and I think it's worth the work that you're putting in, yeah. worth the time that you're putting in because it does improve all the different aspects of your life. And so when you think about, you know, what were you, were you going to say something right there? I was going to say that that yoga experience wasn't just a quest, uh, you know, some people call chasing the dragon. Um, it didn't turn into just that. It turned into how do I take the learnings from those experiences and bring them into my life uh, to be a better person, to be a better dad, to be a better husband, um, you know, like transcendental meditation, for example, this is something I, I still do every day after learning it 11 years ago, 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes at night. Um, every day, um, five days a week, I, I do that yoga sequence that I was teaching. And at the end of the yoga sequence, I honor that moment where I left my body by um, doing a certain type of humming. Uh, I mean, it, it's like all those little rituals um i think 
keep me connected to some of those critical events, but also help me face the day. You know, the some of the rituals I do help me set my intentions for the day. Like all that came from those various learnings. Um, and I think it's important to call that out because you, you have to recognize if, if you're chasing the dragon, you're always going to chase the dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're always going to have shit to work on and there's never going to be an end to it. And so I think it's important to also, you know, take a step back after those experiences and, and figure out, okay, what can I integrate into my own life? Uh, can you explain what chasing the dragon is for those of us that don't don't know what that is? Well, I have my version of it, uh, and and you can explain your your version. Uh, I mean, my version of it is is it's always trying to get to that next level. It's almost like the rat race for me. It's a it's almost like the corporate rat race in a different in the spiritual sense. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. like you're not you're not climbing the corporate ladder, but now you're climbing the spiritual ladder. And you think, you know, like if you if you get to that end stage, you're you finally called the dragon. And if you're one with the dragon, then you've either defeated it or be, you became the dragon. And uh, that's my perspective of it. Um, it's it might be a little different from how how people use it, mm-hmm. um, but. Like, I think it's important to always realize, you know, when, when am I chasing something and leaving the moment? That's the other thing is if you chase the dragon, you're not in the moment. And um, another big learning from psychedelics, recurring theme from all the, the podcast guests that I've had is, you know, being more in the moment versus trying to move on to that next thing and that next thing and that next thing. You know, how do you actually settle in each of those very special moments and that conversation we have right now, how do we settle in that breath in that instant? Like that's, that's a really powerful thing that um, chasing the dragon, like you kind of skip that. This episode is brought to you by the Spartan race. You know, I have always admired the people that I've seen online, social media, who go out and do these sorts of obstacle course races because I've never done one. And so I'm doing one. And I invite you to come along with me. On August 13th and 14th, I will be at the Seattle Spartan Race. And I would love for you to meet me there. Uh, I've started my training already. And I'm really looking forward to pushing myself. You see, I hate running. Even though as a college athlete, I hate running. And the idea of pushing myself to this level to do something hard with this massive reward of completion is something that I'm really excited to try. And Spartan has given me a bunch of free tickets to give away. All you've got to do is film a short video of yourself training for the Spartan race and then use hashtag Spartan training and that will get you a free ticket. You can tag me too at real Sean McCormick. Just post a picture or a video of yourself training for the Spartan race. Use hashtag Spartan training and you'll get a free ticket. It's super simple, super easy. I mean, you can't beat that offer. I would love to meet some of my local Pacific Northwest friends and listeners of this podcast. And I'm also getting my kids involved. So Hopefully, I will see you at the Spartan race in August. That is a, a little different. You know, that, I think yeah. that is a twist than the one that how I was thinking about mm-hmm. it rather than, you know, like chasing a buzz or, you know, some sort of state of consciousness or trying to like um, pursue something that, that will never be within your reach. 
yeah there's that too i mean the it's very seducing sometimes uh when working with psychedelics um especially if you've done a lot of uh, work with darkness and shadows and you've gotten past that stage and you know like me you play music and uh there's you you have to be careful not to get seduced too much by that and and stay stuck in in that state um because then everything that is very special in life starts not being as special like i, I mean i went on a walk with my wife this morning it was beautiful sunny like the sun was like you know shining through the leaves and we were looking up and in awe and we were talking about was like well would we want to do this on lsd would we want to do this on mushrooms and we're like no like there's this it's beautiful it's beautiful and there's a certain uh wonder uh, in our humanity that i think um psychedelics helps us see some of it but we have to learn to live without the aid of psychedelics all the time because it's there it's all around us um so yeah what's the dennis mckenna quote uh we are psychedelics because our brain is made up of the same stuff right it's like yeah yeah i mean i i met uh i met wim hof uh uh, i spent about a week with him and he was talking about how he can create his own dmt uh through his breath work uh i believe it i mean the guy is is pretty amazing and non-stop and uh he's He's got a certain magic around him, uh, how he plays with kids and all that. And so, you know, being able to bring that wonder in the world without psychedelics is is also really important. Tell us about the the retreat that you're organizing and, and the group that you're working with. And I think if, if you would, maybe just the, the big juicy stuff is the inclusion of brain mapping, which is something that I think a lot of the hardcore biohackers are going to be excited about. Can you tell me a little bit about how that works? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this retreat is a is a one-time collaboration with people that I really respect and I've worked with in the past. Uh, and, and we wanted to do something special uh, after COVID and, and also to, to help those people get, get some work doing something they enjoy. Um, you know, one, one person, her name is Kunti. Uh, she's a super talented medicine woman, single mom, and, and COVID has been really challenging for her. And so, you know, I want to, you know, do this to not only uh, help her shine, but also bring her work. Um, two other people we work with are Shipibo healers from the jungle near Pucalpa. Uh, their names Jose and Pepe. Uh, and they're highly respected um, uh, healers. I've got a, an interview that just came out um, with one of them. Uh, and bringing them work is also like a big deal. And I want to make sure they're they're paid well for their work because, you know, when they can't do their work, they basically end up going to do like odd jobs in in Lima, for example. And and it it's not. It's not what they trained for all their lives. They do it to provide their family. So I want to help them do the, the work they enjoy. Um, and then something that came up when I was down in Peru a few weeks ago, and this is kind of amazing how all the stars aligned, is I've got a friend um, uh, that I met there, and he's building a team that does brain mapping. 
and and the brain mapping allows you to uh, map the different activities in somebody's brains and the different types of waves. Uh, I actually I've I've got an interview <laughs> coming out with one of the technicians. I'm going to try to put it out this week or, or next week. Um, she used to work at 40 Years of Zen, and she's training a lot of the teams down there. But they, they basically come in, put some electrodes on your head. Um, at the retreat, we plan to do this uh, before the first ceremony, halfway after the second ceremony, and then a third time. Uh, once all the ceremonies are done. Uh, and the intent is to give people some insights on what's happening in their brains as we go through uh, all that work, which a lot of it has to do with reconnecting with your, um, uh, authentic, your, your authentic creativity uh, and, and getting into that flow state that's untainted by all the programming we've had. So, you know, you you would expect something to happen in the brain. This, this, you know, it's a little bit of an exploration for us because even talking with them, um, they're doing a lot of work right now, uh, collecting all that data from from various ceremonies, and it's it's really cutting edge. There aren't too many people doing that. It's it's pioneering and exploring a whole new world that that, that inside uh, world. So, I was pretty excited to. Uh, reconnect with them and add that as an opportunity for the people will um, who will join the retreat as well. Um, you know what they found so far in the preliminary studies with the brain mapping? Uh, huh. I do, but if I start going into the details, I'm going to butcher all of it. And, uh, and that's gotcha. why I didn't. That's why I did an interview of the the person yeah. uh, who's who's the technician who can explain it. Yeah. Um, but it, it was very interesting to to talk with her because even when I was talking with her, as I was explaining some of my, my experiences, you could see how she was even without the machine. She was trying to map how my brain was working. Uh, um, because some of the things that, that happen when, when I have um, uh, psychedelic experiences, for example, is, is I'll stop hearing sounds, but all the sounds will turn into images. And so, uh, and, and, and then if I play music, the music that I play complements those images. So she was trying mm -hmm. to analyze how certain part of my brains were getting stronger connections through through the experience but those are things they can actually measure they can actually wow. measure that activity and how uh new activity is coming up and and then some parts are working together when they weren't before um and then there's different types of waves and uh that's the part where you know i don't have the doctor in front of my name so if i if i start going down that hole uh, you'll have a lot of comments of like people saying hey that guy doesn't know what he's talking about it's true i don't know what i'm talking about when it comes to brain mapping that's why i'm working with people who do uh, well i think it's fascinating it the marriage of psychedelia with biohacking there's there's just so much there we're so early in this third wave of psychedelic emergence there's so much research to do there's so many data points that we have yet to understand about how how it affects us yeah 
I mean, I, I do want to call out something, something we're doing with the retreat that's really special and that's a big theme in there is we're bringing art and music and we're weaving this uh, with the ceremonies that we're doing um, because, you know, a lot of, of retreats that you find out there will focus on, they'll give you the the three ayahuasca retreats, they might give you, you know, a, a, a toad ceremony. But it usually, to me, it's always felt like it was liking that creative side. It was liking that that more um, authentic and maybe naive exploration or childlike curiosity and exploration that you benefit from when, when you've worked with psychedelics and it's the next day and you still have that afterglow. And so, you know, part of the idea of the, the retreat is to use that, that afterglow to, to learn some instruments. So I, I, I teach harmonica, which is, I teach it like breathwork. So it's mostly a breathwork class. I teach mouth harp, which is similar. It's, it's a lot of breathwork. Um, my friend Kunti is teaching like painting. And when, I, when we said teaching, it's in a very exploration uh, manner. It, uh, um, and it's something we actually start before people even get to Peru. We have uh, group sessions planned so that when they get to Peru, they already have the, the hang of the harmonica a little bit, or they already started drawing in the journal and reconnecting with that part of themselves. So the it's, it's a little different in some ways, but that's why I felt like brain mapping would be a, a really interesting um, option. Well, it's not an option. It's something everybody can, it's, it's part of the package. So we're not charging more for brain mapping. Um, but, you know, if people don't want to have electrodes on their head and don't want to do brain mapping, they don't have to do it, but it's, it's there for people. I love the idea that plant medicine work retreats don't necessarily have to be for trauma. They don't have to be for shadow work. They can also be like what you're building about exploration, about creativity, about understanding this, you know, the self becoming a better leader. And I think that that's a distinct difference between the way that we are all currently hearing. We've touched on it earlier in this conversation, but it's all about trauma. It's all about pain. It's all about fear. It's this dark shadow work. You got to like get cleaned up and it's going to be really hard and that's fine. That's obviously super, super important for so many people, but is, is there, and what you're doing is making a case for an exploration into psychedelic work that will make you a better communicator, a better leader, a better person, you know, more innovative forward thinking individual. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not that I don't expect any work with trauma. In fact, I do expect, uh, just like with leadership adelics, when I was trying to get away from mental health, it came back to it. I do expect some people when it's it's painting day to maybe have a really dark painting with, you know, uh, something that they reconnected with. I, I fully expect that. But in a way, even the creativity is healing and empowering. It's even a mean to to talk about that trauma, to visit that trauma. Um, you know, if you if you play harmonica with with some breath work, it might take you back to some point in your life where having that consistent breath work and that music helps you face that moment and revisit it, and it can give you that lifetime lifeline, and it's very empowering. Which for me, I went through that. I had one of the my worst ayahuasca experience ever uh, just before COVID, and being able to play 
um, to have the power to play that music and just breathe through the harmonica was mm -hmm. my lifetime to be able to peel the layers and understand, you know, why was I there? So yes, there's the, the forward-looking creativity, but I also fully <laughs> anticipate that sure. people will be using those tools to also find the, the, the help and the healing that, that they, they, they need, or they don't know they need yet, but maybe they'll find yeah, out. Yeah, you, ne you never know where it's going to go. You never know what, what, where the night will take you or the week will take you. Uh, before I ask the last question, which is a fill in the blank question, uh, where should people go to learn more about you if they're interested in the retreat, buy the book, all that stuff? Where would you say? Yeah. So uh, the best place to go is my personal website, uh, fuyad.com. That's F O O Y A D.com. And that connects them to uh, the retreat, the, the book I wrote, the artwork I do, the, the podcast. Uh, the Flute Fridays uh, reflection where, uh, you know, for two minutes every week, I reflect on, on life and play some flute. Um, so it's going to connect you with all that. And then the other thing I want to share with uh, your listeners is for people who come from the, your, your podcast, uh, the, the, and they give me the password, Sean McCormick, uh, we'll give them 25% off. Uh, so, awesome. you know, that's, that's a pretty big, uh, discount. Um, but you know, at the same time, uh, we, we want to make this happen. We want to get the right people in place. And, um, it takes a lot of, uh, promotion <laughs> to reach out people, uh, in order to align all the stars, because you have to feel called to this. It has mm -hmm. to connect with you. It has to connect with where you're at in your journey. And so, you know, that, that's why I'm talking about it now as much as I can, because I, I want to find those people that are feeling called to that, that narrative and that story we're putting out and the work we're going to do and that magic we're going to bring in our lives. So the last question is a fill in the blank question. And this can be based on, he's laughing. You're laughing because you've, you've heard me say this a few times, but uh, I, I'm curious if you had if you're going to improvise or if you put some thought into this question, but the fill in the blank is um, you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Everyone would benefit from knowing um, the full range of what it means to be a human being. And uh, the reason this is so important to me is I feel that as we go through life, um, we slowly box ourselves more and more and that range of who we can be and what we can experience and what we are not entitled to experience, but uh, what we have the privilege to experience as a, as a human being, we, we forget that. Um, peace, inner peace, it's a right we should all be able to experience or know that it's within reach. Um, uh, the, the spectrum of love and the, all the different um, uh, ranges and how to love people, a brother, a real brother, uh, uh, a brother from a ceremony, uh, you know, like, like all this, there's nuances that, you know, are getting lost. And, and I think, uh, we would all benefit from knowing uh, the nuances in our humanity and the spectrum of what we can experience. Uh, that's something that 
that hits me again and again and again and again in ceremonies. It's like, oh my God, like we all need to be aware of what we can be as people and what we can create and how wonderful that world can be. That's beautiful. Well, wonderful. Well, it's, it's been a pleasure, Sebastian. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Yeah, thank you. It's been great. Always a pleasure.